episode 25. Welcome to the Tar and Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, this is take, take two again, isn't it, Tom? Oh, How many this, this we spent an hour here. and a half doing a show that doesn't even exist? So, listeners, Kyle and I, exactly that. We spent, we had an hour of recording this, and it didn't, excuse my French, it didn't f***ing record. <laughs> what a effing uh, disaster. So, this is take anyway. two. Kyle, it, it's 50-50. Is this going to be better or worse than the gold that no one is ever going to hear that we recorded for an hour <laughs> or we didn't record last time? Well, at least this time we can the things that we shouldn't have said on on Tartan running shots we can take out, um, That's so true, we can yeah. we can correct the, some of the some of the things that we're saying. But yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be a a better episode, a more dramatic episode, and uh, an entertaining episode for you listeners. So, so what this week we've we've got a fair lineup, haven't we, Tom? We do. So, firstly, Kyle. We've got various things. We're going to speak about. We're going to speak to Damien Hall. We're going to speak about some race results. But what I want to speak about is you've been doing another marathon. So this time last week we were celebrating your. You had a solid, if not if not spectacular, run in uh, in Chicago. And a week later, like this podcast, take two, you've gone and run again, and you've only gone and bloody won the race. Ah, uh, yeah, I was happy enough with my my result, and Niagara Falls marathon it was. Um, so yeah, it's a, it was a, a real shock to to win it and to to run a time that wasn't really far off what I ran in Chicago. Um, so, so yeah, I, I ran I ran two twenty seven in Chicago, and then in the Niagara one, it was two twenty eight. Now, there was a reason for for the you know for 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 the quick time. Not I say the quick time, the a, a fairly Quick, quicker timing than I was expecting to to be running. Now I was I was looking at running maybe like a, I don't know. In in a way, I was looking to win it. Last year's results were the winner was two fifty one, um, and uh, and I thought well, I could I could do that after a week after the marathon, hopefully. If but again, it's all dictated depending on who turns up to these races. Um, so there was a just to to kind of go back go back on on the actual race so we were in um we were in chicago then we flew back to canada we visited a couple of friends um catherine and stefan catherine was actually quite a, a, a top swimmer that uh, debbie knows um so they, they kept in touch for the first time they've met in 10 years um oh, wow. and then we met up with scott Nedley, uh, who was an ironman champion um back in the uk now lives in canada so uh, yeah, yeah. So we caught up with a, a few, a few folk, a few oh, kind of ex-athletes, and um, I think that inspired me to, to to run fast and and almost to race it. Now I know, I know. Last week we said, Tom, um, ah, well, me and Debbie, we'll, we'll both do it as a hand in hand along the Niagara River, and we'll we'll have a great time and um, take in the sights, sounds, and smells. Nah. What do we do? Nah, no way. We're not doing that. Um, so the the day before the race, you know, I'm sitting down eating buffalo hot wings <laughs> and, in Niagara, and, and I'm like, and with a with a, a beer in hand, going, this is gonna, you know, I think I'm looking forward to this race. <laughs> Although the day of the race, Tom, like I felt like a car crash. Like I just was like, why am I doing another marathon? Why are we doing another marathon? The same, you know, within seven days, and uh, I just felt horrendous. And then. We had to get up at like 5 a.m. 
were to then because of the 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 the, the operations of the ra the, the race um you it starts in buffalo in in the, in the u.s um and then it runs it crosses the border and it finishes in canada in niagara just uh, the the start of the the niagara waterfall mm -hmm. um so the race, the buses leave Niagara at uh, from seven, between seven and half seven. So we get we get on the bus, one of the shuttle buses, one of the kind of last five buses to, to leave, uh, twenty past seven. Now, that I was going to ask you, what what time did the we what time do you think we got to the race, Tom? Now I know I've already asked the same question <laughs> in the, the last. Well, what I'm going to tell you, I'm going to answer with the answer I gave an hour ago when I didn't actually know it. I'm going to say, did you get there an hour before the race, Kyle? Absolutely not, Tom. We got there eight minutes before the start of the race. And that was just as we as we entered the, as we exited the bus. Now, I never had a safety, I never had any safety pins. And I was expecting to grab them uh, with enough time in my hands. So I ended up, um, you know, Sprint, I was kicking off. I asked one of the volunteers, "What time's the race start? I take it it's going to be delayed because you know half the buses haven't even arrived yet." And what did the volunteers say? No, no, we're starting at 9 a.m. And I was like, <laughs> "You're absolutely shitting me here." So I've paid 150 odd, maybe not. I can't remember how much it costs. 100 dollars to enter a race that I'm going to be late for because of the the shuttle the shuttle bus is not arriving in time. Now any good any, you know, any organizer would have got right. Let's just delay a few minutes so everyone gets in plenty of time. Now I'm I'm almost bursting out my my, my heart here. You know, <laughs> my, my heart rate's at 200 beats per minute. I'm feeling the lactate in my legs, sprinting to the start line. I get there and no word of a lie, Tom. 30 seconds to go before the start of the race. 30 seconds. I get to the start line That's and I'm terrible. like, I've even got time to recover. I'm way to a marathon and I'm still buggered from last week um, <laughs> but anyway took a deep breath the the gun goes off and i thought right well screw this i'm not racing this anymore and i ran with debbie for like 100 meters and and i was like ah you know what ah, this is quite slow this pace you know i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm uh, where's the, the leaders were a little bit ahead of me and i thought ah bugger this i'm gonna just race it so i went to the start i went right. i, I, I kind of ran to the front front pack and uh i, I I was like, oh, this, this wasn't too bad a pace. Although my legs, it's a weird feeling. Like, I felt that like I could run, and I felt like I could hold that pace, but I just felt sore. Everything felt sore, but it didn't really affect my, my pace. I don't know if that makes sense, but you can kind of override the pain by still being able to run. Yeah. Um, so, so, that was, so, so that was good. Um, so I get to mile 10. Now, I'm, I'm you know, in fact, I get the, the first mile, me and this other guy are, are, are have got a good lead already, so it looks like it's going to be a you know a two man race. And, and I get to mile five, um, I think my in fact when I get to ten k, I think it was, I, I got to the first ten k in thirty six minutes or something. So it wasn't it wasn't hugely fast. Um, but me and this the, the other guy Matthew Johnson, I think his name is. Yeah. So did you did you um, did you look at him at the start and think this lad can run sub two thirty? He had short shorts on, so that was, and he had long legs, so he looked okay. like a potential sub two thirty kind of guy. Um, and uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, so we 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 cross the border around just after the ten k point. He's still running with me, and I'm going well. This is, I think I'm going to get a second here. 
if you know at, at the worst case scenario yeah. the the worst case scenario is i end up um you know deciding ah man i'm done like i'm walking i'll wait for debbie but Race mode kicks in, doesn't it, Tom? Oh, you yes. know, when you've got somebody running next to you, you don't want them to beat you. The animal. So, uh, so uh, you know, uh, I got the I got the animal out of me, and uh, <laughs> we, we we started playing not playing with each other, but you know, <laughs> almost not. trying to. <laughs> far too many spectators in the course to do that. Um, but yeah, so I ended up like trying to do a couple of surges to see whether or not he would um, he would he would disappear, and he just kept. He was like a leech, you know. All, all, you know, all respect to all respect to the guy. He uh, he 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 held on, uh, and then I get to mile ten. I did another surge, and he he kind of didn't really respond this time, and um and I ended up yeah pulling away from him, and I get to about fifteen miles, and I've got about a hundred meters on him, and uh, and I was like, oh winner, I've got I've, I've got a chance to of, of winning this, and um. But by the, the the point I get to halfway, 30 mile mark, I was about 74 minutes for the first half. Um, so I was quite happy with that. Um, last in Chicago was 72 and a half for for uh, for, for that. Um, so it was a little bit slower, but just a lot more controlled and still certainly quicker than I was expecting to run, um, even in Niagara. And then, oh, that's uh, amazing. Ah, thanks, Tom. Um, and yeah, I get to mile 20 four and i'm still rolling like i'm still hitting 530 535s and i thought holy moly i'm i'm on for a 220 a sub 220 a sub, a sub 230 at this point and i thought oh man i'm loving this and yeah. uh i'll try my utmost to to really get a, a sub 230 and then i i wind i wind the last mile down and it was it was great because the last mile was slightly downhill as opposed to chicago it was at Bugger yeah, the bridge. That's right, yeah. This time it's a little downhill, which was fantastic. So my <laughs> my mile, my last mile was actually not 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 too not too bad, not not a significant amount slower than my my other miles were. Um, not a Kipchoge anyway, that's for sure. But uh, the the best I can do anyway, and uh, yeah, get get the win and um, get a two twenty eight. So I oh, was it, it really. Oh, yeah, it was it was it was good, good good crack. So but, there you well, go. I mean, the thing is though, what 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 amazes me about it because I, you know, all I knew was last week you're saying yeah, that one, it was one in, one year before in two fifty one. Uh, you'll you'll hopefully go in and compete for the win. So when you text me on Sunday afternoon saying and asking how you're going on, you're saying you're on two twenty eight. I'm thinking, I mean that's unbelievable. A the recovery, but B also when you w- step back a bit more, it's only t- so if we go back to spring twenty seventeen. You ran. 229 in London. Okay, you you blew up a bit there, but still, that was at the time it was like it's a blow up, but still a solid time. You're now running those sort of times two weekends on the bounce. I mean, it just shows that you know. Okay, I know your your sharpness is maybe not there, and you weren't quite as quick as we hoped you might go in in Chicago. But in terms of your endurance, you've got it in buckets at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, Tom. Thanks for the kind the kind words, and um, uh, you know, I must say, not only. Yourself, Tom, is a few listeners and uh, have, have have sent me some well dones and congratulations and uh, yeah, it, it really does boost your it de- definitely you know going going into races it does boost your confidence when you have got people who are supporting you and, and I'm sure that that extends to absolutely everyone who runs and it's um yeah, it's a really good feeling um you know to 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 have that support um now I, I would say though you know when I I think. For me, you're right. You're you're bang on. The, the ultra running I've been doing has certainly shown that I've got the endurance and I've got the aerobic fitness. Um, now, 
it's I think it's also to do with the, the base I've, I've maintained or you know I've, I've I've gained throughout the last year um, mm. of doing all this running and, and I haven't really had a huge amount of time off. Um, I've always been doing something and and I think that's certainly um, you know bode, certainly bodes well for for the for the, any ultra races I would do. Um, but but also the you know I, I think it is it's important as well to to have that speed. Now I think that's what's what was missing at Chicago. You know, I've, I've had time to reflect on Chicago, and I think the combination of doing having a, a solid a solid run at Niagara a week after um, has, has made me reflect. It's not actually my my endurance and my capability. It's the the lack of speed training I've been doing and the lack of real power that I've, I've mm. you can gain from doing like faster mile reps yeah. and um, really some of the shorter faster stuff. Now, if I had maybe another few weeks, I would have hopefully hit hit the you know the two twenty sub two twenty five mark, and um, yeah, it's just a real uh, just a bit annoying for me, but it's given me a lot more you know a bit more fire in the belly to to do another spring marathon and, and nice. to really you know hit the two twenty threes two twenty twos hopefully, and um, and I, I don't think that's uh, you know after running a two twenty eight with really n- no. You know, having that fatigue in my legs, and I, I should hopefully be able to do that. So, yeah, yeah I've 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 sure. kind of had renewed renewed refreshed goals that I'm going to start thinking about, and yes. um, I think the a spring marathon is is potentially going to be in the cards. So happy days. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it should should be good. And um, in terms of Debbie, Debbie had a, a good race as well. Now she she obviously did Chicago as well. And again, she's coming from this Ironman background. So she's got the endurance, she's got the aerobic fitness and, you know, not, not the mileage that she, she, in terms of running, but, uh, she ran a three Oh three. Um, so only four minutes slower than, than last week's result at Chicago. So, uh, she came second female. Um, so she was happy with that. And, uh, I was just good to, I was just happy to get the, get the one up really. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> Rounded rounded off uh, a fantastic holiday for us. That's no, that's sure. You've both done so well. I mean, that's uh, what a way to finish your holiday with that, with a double podium on, a, on an international marathon. And it's in fact, so you're an international marathon winner. You could argue you're a, you've won a marathon in two countries as well, because you led you 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 led it through the US and Canada. So you know, double win for you. That's uh, you, oh, well, that's that's actually my that's my first marathon win. Um, now Debbie's got the one up. She's already won a marathon. It's the Murray Marathon, the Glen Murray Marathon. It's whiskey sponsor, by the way. Nice. Um, so, so yeah. So uh, that, that it's the only boarding. No, it's only border crossing marathon in the world. So wow. they, there you go. That's uh, that's my claim to fame. Very good. I just feel sorry right. for the poor guy who rocked up thinking he could win it. Uh, if the, the last year's winner was a two fifty one and he goes two twenty nine oh. and doesn't win it. <laughs> Good boy. Yeah. And actually, what oh. I will say, this is what what cracked me up um, is when you look at the results and it's got name, gun time, chip time, city. You got these people like Toronto, Rochester, Buffalo, uh, Kyle Gregg in the first city, Afford. Hey, city of Afford. Yeah, build that cathedral. Hey, Sandy was from here, from Afford, and it's the home of it's the home of Aberdeen Angus. So oh, we've go. got a lot. You've not only have you got Emily Sandy. You've got Kyle Gregg from Afford. Exactly. You're, you're. Exactly. I mean, give that man a post box. That's all I can say. 
gold pull post box. That's tartan, that's right. Come on, a tartan post box. That's what you want. Oh, uh, how could that be? That, that, that would be could dynamite. Be a... <laughs> it would be actually. Yeah, yeah, forget about the Urwillies that are going to be around uh, Dundee. What we want is we want to see running statues of Kyle Gregg around Aberdeen, around <laughs> Afford. Forget Aberdeen, around Afford. There'll be about a hundred of them, all painted differently, and the kids have got to go around and scan them, and that'll be. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jesus, oh, that sounds Amazing. that sounds a, a disaster. Get rid of the Aberdeen Angus cow. <laughs> yeah, the bull. At this, as you enter Afford and, and change it to to the the, the TRS. Cool podcaster Kyle Gregg. Exactly. There we go. And the last thing I'm going to say on on Niagara, it's such an amazing result. What it does show is the, I mean, I think people can maybe over overthink, and I'm someone who's getting into that territory now. You can overthink a marathon taper. You have gone into that race perfect prep. You've done okay. You did a marathon on the Sunday, but you've done bugger all during the week. So incredibly well rested, incredibly well fueled because you've eaten like a king all week <laughs> on buffalo wings and. You've drunk pints, and I'm sure you've been on the water as well. So you're well fueled, well hydrated. So it's uh, maybe that's maybe that's uh, maybe there's something to that. I, 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 absolutely, Tom. I, I think that's exactly why I did it. Uh, it was, <laughs> you know, I, I was I was um, so 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sure that the, the the ten pints I had on the Wednesday in, <laughs> in Ottawa when we were doing the brewery tour was going to stand me in good stead. And the the all you can eat buffalo hot wings oh, on nice. Friday night was was gonna was gonna give me the the, the right type of runs that I needed to <laughs> do the two twenty eight and yeah. uh, I think finally um, in terms of the hydration side yeah yeah like not even the hydration the fueling side like I was like I didn't need a gel I didn't even need <laughs> any any fuel during that that marathon I was I, I had, I'm sure I had about ten weeks worth of carbs and in my body uh, I could have done about 10 marathons maybe not at the same pace but uh, but no certainly a... that's that's one training effect that um, ultra training does have though you know you, you do tend to rely more on your fat stores and I know we've we spoke about it in the past and um, my coach Lewis has spoke about it in, in some of the, the earlier episodes um, so so yeah maybe that's uh, that's maybe something else that, that, mm. that stood me in good stead for Niagara as well and Having the ability to to do one one after the other, but what what I will say is uh, when I ran two hours twenty two two twenty five in London a couple of years ago, if if somebody told me to run a two twenty eight the week after, <laughs> I'd have told them to poke it. Uh, <laughs> absolutely no way I would have managed that. Um, so and that that was coming from a speed endurance side rather yeah. than a, a an endurance side. Um, so I think that's that's maybe one of the reasons for that as well. So. You, uh, and was, also, yeah. I think the mentality as well. Like you, you know, you, I've been these nine-hour, ten-hour races. I've been doing the the moment you start doing a two and a half-hour race, it feels short. You know, yeah, you know it's going to be finishing. Um, Here's a question so. for you: Were you more nervous for Chicago beforehand than uh, Niagara? And do you think that Niagara? Niagara was. I was. I, 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 Chicago was a little bit nervous because I know I was gunning for a time, um, but Niagara had no nerves, absolutely nothing. Like I was tired, I was tired. I just and I think as well, like my my uh, my pace reflects that. Not tired, but my pace reflects that I I started off really, uh, you know, my first mile was five fifty two or something, um, and then you know I got to ten k in thirty six minutes, and it was really just about just running and finishing 
Um, mm-hmm. But then when I get when I started warming up uh, after tanking, and also just the, you know the boy Matt just running with him and racing it, you know it was it became a race. It didn't become a, a time trial, but when you start racing a race, you end up uh, or racing someone else, you end up pushing your body, you end up trying to yeah. you know you pull every each other on, and it actually when I dropped him and I was still feeling quite good and I was just trying to hold on to a good consistent pace and it became a right I can get sub 230 here I can get a low 230 and then oh actually I can I'm still feeling quite good I'm going to run a you know I'm going to get get a 228 mm. and, and, and so yeah yeah it was completely unexpected somebody said to me you're going to run a you're going to run that time a week after Chicago there's absolutely no way I would have believed him so it, it, it was a, a real surprise for me to um, to do that, but what I will say, listeners, is and don't I, I wouldn't recommend doing it. I don't I don't <laughs> think, yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's not something I would go. Ah, yeah, yeah, you should definitely Aye. do two back to back marathons and run them hard. Now I was I I I acknowledged that I was redlining this. Like if I'm going to run hard, I might get injured here and I might be out for. And and luckily I, I've been fortunate that I'm I'm although I haven't ran. I think I did three miles a couple of days ago, but other than that, I haven't really pushed, felt my body and done a run, so I might well be injured, but um, I would certainly uh, make sure that you're being sensible. And But yeah, I mean, life's about taking risks and running's about taking risks, and sometimes you've, you've just got to, you know, take a risk, I suppose, Tom. Totally. And what, one thing, in terms of execution, so this one, you were 74 flat, then 74.40 for, the, for your two splits. Chicago, if I cast my mind back, because I don't have it in front of me, but I think you were like 72.30 through halfway, so that gives you uh, like 75. So you were quicker in the second half of Niagara than you were in the second half of Chicago, although Chicago you were a minute quicker overall. So that there's quite an interesting piece there, I guess, about execution in terms of you know where you are. Okay, in fitness, I think you're... If we say that you're... Uh, at the moment, you're... Say, uh, let's take 227 as a fixed result. You actually... Yeah. I wonder if you'd gone out a minute slower in Chicago. Do you think you might have had the wheels in the second half to to actually find maybe 90 seconds or two minutes? Ah, really good question, uh, Tom. Um, now both races, Niagara was perfect conditions. Let's let's not get you know that there was it wasn't it was a legal course. Um, there was very little wind, and in fact, there's maybe a, a slight tailwind. And, and you know the the last half of the race, but very little, you know, not significant to really pull me along. Um, but going back to your question, I think if I was to run slower in Chicago, I don't know if I would have run faster. In fact, I could potentially have run slower. Now the reason I say that is first half of the the Chicago, I was running with a really good group. Um, there was about five guys in the group, and um, we we kind of took it in turns to lead the pace and. It felt quite good. Uh, we were fairly consistent. No one was really surging. Um, whereas if I never held on to that group and went off a bit slower, I'm not sure I would have been in a group. Um, oh, you know, that being said, Tom, uh, I, 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 I'm not, I just didn't, I just didn't feel, I don't know, like in Chicago, I just didn't feel fresh. I don't know what it was, but uh, maybe, 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 maybe I would have been quicker. I, I don't know, but I, I just couldn't imagine running like a 74, then a 72. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, yeah, maybe maybe even yeah, a half yeah. minute quicker would have would have helped, but uh, yeah, 
not not sure we go by that. But what what I would say is in London when I ran um two twenty five, I, I went all, I was seventy one and a half and then I was seventy what, seventy three and a half, is that right? Would that add up to seventy three forty? Yeah. Uh, for two twenty five, so and that was a, a couple of minutes slower. Um now in London in, in last year around seventy one then seventy eight. So that was a big that was a big yeah. no no. Um so obviously wasn't ready for, for running that fast. Um I had, again that was me coming off of an ultra a, a big ultra race then. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting but you just never know how your body's gonna take it on the day, do you? Yeah. So and I, yeah, yeah. And it was, it's just interesting to have two marathons like that so close. I guess the, what we don't know is if you'd gone into if you'd gone into Niagara fresh, what you would have run there, because you obviously you know in that environment maybe that's you're a racer and that environment suited you more to really go to that red line more. There's more on the table at the end of the day. The wind's on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that, Tom. Um, I, I I was thinking if I never did Chicago and I just did Niagara, what? Would I have got a PB? I I actually think I might have if I was feeling the way I, I did without the pain, you know, without that that um that you know the Chicago having the Chicago fatigue. Um, but yeah, you'll never know. I mean, I could have ran the same time. You just you just don't know these things, yeah. do you? And it's, it's all anecdotal. But hey ho, yeah, it's anyway. uh, giving me it's giving me some some uh, 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 kind of much needed lift after Chicago. Anyway, that's that's Good. for sure. Well, I'm glad your mojo is rejuvenated. That's that's good. And as I say, David did very well. So yeah, successful trip then. Ah, yeah, absolutely, Tom. And uh, you know, I've got some goals, and I've also winter. The winter season's kicking in now, and uh, we've we've got lots of episodes to to produce for for TRS. Hopefully, yeah. not duplicate a, an episode oh, no. this, is a this time. But Jeez. yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a one-off. But hey, only the best people make mistakes. So so there you go. Yeah, totally. Good. Yeah. So, so, so Tom. So that's um, you know, we're talking about my training now, and uh, it's all been about me, me, me. But I'm gonna turn it, turn it on its side now. It's, it's all about you. Ten days to go, dude. I know. Ten days to go, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling good, mate. I'm feeling really up for it. I'm, I'm feeling fit. I'm feeling confident. So, I kind of, I'm in that place where I, I, I could, I would be happy to line up this Sunday. I'm really, really ready for it. I've started ten days out. Started tapering. Last week I had a good last week of training, so I did, uh, just to give a very brief overview, 82 miles, so I get another consistent week in that sort of same mileage territory. Uh, two main, I guess, two main runs for the week were, were firstly on Friday I did uh, 3x5k with a k float, sort of playing around with somewhere sort of marathon pace, maybe a little bit quicker, so that was good. I'm starting to feel quite comfortable, you know, sort of, of marathon pace somewhere around 5:50 and you know five you know 5:48 something like that so so I'm anyway I'm feeling good I'm feeling up for it and I just really need to get my head together in terms of plan and and pace strategy uh you know that's yeah it's not not, not so much I need to say at the moment yeah yeah, yeah. looking at all your training like your training's been going awesome like you did a good session in Duffy Park. That's the was one. It last yet. week, was that's it? the one yet. The five k rep. So uh, that's that's looking good for me. Like you've you're hitting the paces, bang on. You're not fluctuating. You're was that a wave run you did there? Was it? It was a cheeky wave run. So the the five k's were yeah were there at marathon pace with a k float between. So 
and actually what one thing a good thing there was she, uh, Frankfurt has uh, bottles so you get bottles your own bottles out if you've got a quicker than 245 so I think I'm going to use that and put bottles out so I thought right well let's practice with bottles so I went out and did the, this 3x5k with a k float doing laps at the park which is about a k for the purpose of discussion and I was had a bottle of the juice I'm going to take at the race on the um, sort of active route on the bench and I was just def- grabbing it on the float and then on the first 2k of the 5k just slowly sipping, getting used to drinking at marathon pace, getting used to having fluid on the run so I think that was good and I'm pretty settled now in terms of I'll take, I will take that on the course, I'll carry some gels as well and uh, yeah, you know that's that's something I'm I'm glad I'm I'm sort of settled with now. So yeah, so that was good. Um, and what I've got, I mean, you're right. The training's gone. I mean, if I look back through, if I start the last week and go backwards, mileage is, I know mileage is not everything, but it's it's consistent. 82, 84, 70 with a race. 83, 87, 83, 90, 76, 87, 80, 73, 82, 82, and that's like 10 weeks now of solid, consistent running. So I feel really good and you know what I was saying to you uh, on, on take one there what's uh, the big thing is I've you know, had some you know I've got a lot of you know, sessions and structure and schedule from Robbie Simpson and getting you know Pat Simpson he knows what he's talking about and that's a really these some of these sessions have been really quite uh, you know really taking me I think to a new level so hopefully that will that will result in a PB next weekend I'm feeling good I've just got it's just on me now mate I've just got to go and do it yeah. Absolutely, Tom. Yeah, I, I think you're you're bang on. Like what 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 I will say is again, this is a message to to listeners as well. You know, when when you're about to do a a big race and you think it's gone well, give yourself a good boost and look back on your training, look back on the build up to your training. Go what you know, and then not not only just look back on that block of training, look back on another block of training, and. In, in the lead up to an event or in a race or whatever you were doing and, and compare it and, and that's what you should do Tom so yeah. next week look back on how well the last marathon you did uh, Chicago well, was it Chicago was it Chicago uh, so it? Chicago a year ago was no, a TV, uh, but London this year London aye London yeah. sorry yeah so look back in your London training and a, and a 100% guarantee your training this time around has been you know much more structured and um, your volume's been consistent. You've had less um, less ups and downs. Yeah. It's it's been it's, it's yeah. I, you know, I, I even for any of the listeners, look at what Tom's been doing. Um, you, you're quite good on Strava. Look on the Strava form and Strava, and have a look at what he's been doing and um, give him some kudos. Give him some kudos. He needs much much needed kudos, and uh, he's well, he's only got one. He gets an average of about two kudos per session. So. <laughs> It's, it's a bit more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Give give him give him some love. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. And I think I, we'll, I guess we'll touch on it more next week. Maybe next week we can have a, a more of a, a pre-race chat about it. And uh, yeah, one thing I, one thing I want to put out there: any listeners doing Frankfurt, let me, let us know because I know these are guys. Uh, so Will Mackay, Aberdeen AAC runner who I, we know locally, he is running. I don't know him, but Mike Crawley, I understand, is running. So if if there's other Scots out there, give me a shout. I've been keen to keen to see who's going to be out there um that'll be uh that, that'll be cool hopefully get some trs uh groups out there Abs- absolutely get get yourself uh get yourself over at the bar for a frankfurt and a, <laughs> Hell a, yeah. a stein a, a pint of a, a steiner of beer a post-race stein so 
Yeah. yeah. So that is the story of me at the moment. It's all about taper now. It's all about prep. So um, yeah, next week we'll uh, I'll bring you some more chat. Speaking of races that have gone on recently, though, uh, not racing at the moment, I was very sad to not be able to take part in the district cross country relays on the weekend, which were um, which were held, and that really kick started the cross country season. We had uh, we well we can rattle through them quite quickly, but firstly, the east districts were held at Glam's Castle for the the second year on the on the bounce. Uh, four for Roadrunners doing a good job there. The race, so we'll just go through it, it's a 4x4k relay on the women's side, that was won by Edinburgh University Heron Hounds, who we've said previously really are a, a powerhouse of Scottish women's cross country. So that team was Holly Page, Amy Franklin and Steph Pennycook. In second place, Edinburgh ACs, Rebecca Burns, Katie Bain and Zoe Bates, only 20 seconds back actually. And in uh, third place, Sorry, a minute back. In third place, Central AC, Kate Gallagher, Lauren McCulloch and Morag Miller, formerly Morag McClarty, who posted the quickest time of the day by about 40 seconds. So Morag, former national cross-country winner, is clearly in, clearly in good shape, which is good to see. On the men's side, that was uh, won by the yellow train. That was Central AC in first place. So the real family of player, Murray McClarty, Morag's brother, leading out this A-team. Lewis Miller, Morag's husband, in second place. I got that wrong first time round, listeners. So that's you did. Uh, we corrected that. that. That's right. That's uh, the benefits of doing a take two. two. There so we go. Central eight: Murray McClarty, Lewis Miller, Mikey Wright, and Ali Hay for the win. In second place: Edinburgh University Heron Hounds, Cameron Young, Oscar Fraser, Kraus, Alex Carcass, and Jack Leach. And in third place uh, was HBT: Ewan Crawford, Peter Hodgkinson. Jonathan Crickmore and Scott Fraser. So in terms of legs, Scott Fraser on the men's side, good to see him back. Scott's a very good GB orienteer. He was the fastest run of the day uh, ahead of Michael Ferguson. And the reason I'm going down the list is I want to give a shout out to Cameron Strachan, Metro's rocket, who, you know, he was 12.48. Unbelievable. Yeah, only I, I think... Only I 10 seconds off Scott Fraser. A fantastic result for, for Cameron. He's... Um, you know, he's starting to really put the gas burners on now, you know. He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, he was getting a lot of uh, grief at early episodes for eating Russell's burgers, and uh, but he's, he's fairly fairly coming on with the times. Although he wasn't eating the Russell's burgers then, he was, um, <laughs> that, was, that was many years ago, but he's fairly nipping in the training and um, getting faster. So it'll be, good. it'll be really good to see him. Um, I'd be interested to see him do well, hopefully, at the short course cross-country yeah. championships. I think he'll, I think he'll <laughs> really feature there. So good luck to Cameron. Just to move on then, West Districts were at Urban. And that on the, we'll start with the men's this time. That was Shettleston Harris for the win. Lewis Rayburn, Wendy Gebroslassi, Daniel Bradford, and quickest run of the day, Lachlan Oates. In second place, only four seconds back, so a very tight race, was Inverclyde AC. That was Cameron Watson, John Bell, Ross Gray, and Sean Fontana, who was also quick. Third place, Kilbarkin AC, AC, Cameron Wright, Connor McLean, Cal Matthews, and Andrew McCangus, who were about uh, 30 seconds back, so a very competitive set of results there on the men's side. On the women's side, first place was Kilbarkin AC, with Christina Rankin, Elspeth Curran, and Kerry McCangus probably a relation, I guess, to the other McCangus. Second place, VP Glasgow AC was Mary Henry leading them out, Philip Millage and Josephine Moultrie 
in third and on third place in the team results Shelton Harriers which was Scottish half marathon champion Fanula Ross leading them out Avril Mason and Shannon McLennan so strong results there I think Fanula was the fastest run of the day actually so she'll go into the short course I guess with a um, as a kind of uh, certainly as a favourite there although we know that Laura Muir does quite often turn up there lastly just to wrap those we also had the North Champs they were I don't know actually know where they were held but I've got the results on the men's side Inverness Harriers for the win Michael Donald, Luke Williams Stephen Mackay and Donnie McDonald only 19 seconds back were Murray Roadrunners in second place with Gareth Jenkins James Wilson Paul Taylor and Ewan Davidson and in third place East Sutherland AC with Owen Gollan John Forbes Ruri Gollan and Finlay Murray on the women's side to wrap up the, East, the district relays in the north Inverness Harriers for the win again so a double for them up there Gemma Cormack Amy Hudson and Kirsty Watson second place was Murray Roadrunners Iona Kraft Justine Blask and Grace Whelan and rounding off the podium were Highland Hill Runners Rona Grant Morvin McKenzie and Philippa Gullett so well done everyone competing at the district relays fantastic well, I would say the, the location for the north was uh, the Clune Farm indoors Okay. Uh, it's actually just the the backdrop of Loch Ness, so I, oh, I ran lovely. that course. It's a it's one of the most scenic cross country courses you can you can ever get, um, and it's it's got a good bit of mud and, and grass and trails. So good. Yeah, I really like that course. Um, on, hilly hillyish course as well, which is quite good. On take one, you mentioned, and we didn't mention it on take two, but on take one, Kyle was telling me, and just me because it it went straight in the bin. Uh, he was telling me that a cross country might feature on his winter training this year. Ah, hundred percent, Tom. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I, I've been running. I started cross country when I was like ten years old. So what am I now? Twenty-two years ago was my first cross country. In fact, I think I was eight. Twenty-four years ago was my very first cross country race. And wow. That was, and uh, you know, I always find cross country is the, it's the bread and butter of your of your running really. Um, and the, the reason I say that is. Every single distance, decent distance runner will do cross country. Um, now, Laura Muir from a track 800, 1500, 5k perspective does yeah. cross country. You've got ultra runners who are doing cross country. You've got marathon runners doing cross country. You've got the Hawkins doing cross country. Everyone does cross country. It's yeah. the bread and butter of your, your really your winter season. Now, um, I, 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 do, I really miss it. I never really had a cross country season in the last kind of couple of years. And, um, but I do certainly find no it more. really does develop. Yeah, no more, no more. For a good season of cross country this year, and I'm sure that'll. But that's what I'm saying. It, your see, cross country gives you the strength. It gives you the just that endurance. The, the that you you really just a, a mental strength as well, not just physical, but mental strength, and that that power that you really need that can transfer over to um to the to the kind of season that you'll be having, whether it's a marathon mm-hmm. season, whether it's a track season, whether it's a ultra running season. You name it, it's it's got a place for everyone. So, any of the listeners who've never ever done cross country before, I would look up the Scottish Athletics website, and if you're a club member, uh, nine times out of ten, you should be able to to, to enter um, and and compete in in one of these cross country events. Uh, so yeah, look at the cross country leagues: the North District, East District, West District League. Um, there's there's a county. Uh, yeah. Leagues as well, um, uh, you know the Air, yeah. Ayrshire have got the cross country relay championships this weekend as well. Um, 
so yeah, district really yeah. East District Cross Country Leagues this weekend. So um, yeah, oh, I'm sure Tom, you can you can uh, you know it, go a little bit further than I I I have in well, terms of cross country well, as well. I think you... one one thing for folk to look out for certainly I believe in Glasgow, so for the West and also I think in Inverness, there's some endurance cross country endurance training days which. Uh, some clubs are doing that are open to any runners in the area regardless of which club you run for so have a look on the Scottish Athletics website look on their social media and you'll see some of those sessions coming up because they're really good if you're a, you know, a solid runner progressing want to have a try on it as Kyle says it's a really good way to, to sort of anchor your winter training a bit yeah, 100% Tom um, just going into that I think Forrest have actually got um, a, a training session Coming up, cool. now, I don't know when. I don't. Know, I guess in the next. Is it next weekend? Glasgow as well, I believe. Yes. Uh, yeah, Glasgow. Is that right? Yeah, Glasgow yeah. doing one. Yep. So I, I don't know the dates, but if you check, um, if you check the website, Scottish Athletics in the news section, I, I think it was last week it, they, they, they chatted about it. So yeah, definitely, definitely a good idea to 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 get some training in and and to see how it feels. And even if you don't, even if you don't want to race it, just training the kind of surfaces. That you know that replicate cross country. Now you'll get a huge benefit from doing it, and you know doing intervals and that kind of surface and tra- trail and elevation will be fantastic for your for whatever discipline you're doing, be it mountain running, hill running, track running, road running, whatever you whatever you do, it'll have a place for you, I'm sure. So Definitely. there you go. And we actually had some, anyway. we had some uh, elite cross country on the weekend as well uh, down in Cardiff. There was some good performances there, Mary McLennan and. Um, Anna McFadden having good runs at the Cardiff Cross, which is a high, a very high standard there. So good on them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we had Luke Trainer as well doing the Manchester Half. No, is it the Manchester Mar- half, half Marathon? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. So he he he, he came second behind uh, Angry Vernon. Yes. And Andy Vernon, uh, as as Tom rightly said, pointed out in the first the, the angriest man on Twitter. The first take. Uh, I'm feeling a bit of deja vu just now. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. So, uh, well done to Luke. I think he was slightly disappointed. He would have been disappointed with his time. I know he was looking uh, to win it and go for the record. Um, but yeah, I think he's had an issue with. Uh, I think it was his meniscus or his, something like that. Um, so he had to slow down a little bit. So hopefully he's okay and um, get your feet up, to, uh, Luke. And I was about to say Tom there, Luke, and uh, good. Hopefully get yourself back into back into shape soon absolutely yeah other races what else have we got going on there was some uh, again I'm trying to cast my mind but take one Loch Rannick that was on the weekend Loch, the, that's Loch... right yeah Loch Rannick um, uh, it sounds a beautiful marathon um, and it's also accompanied by a by a half marathon as well um, now I'm trying to load up the results if you just bear with me Tom I'm sure you can fill, fill the gap in uh, so the first place was Douglas Doug Roberts, who's actually a, a top triathlete, he ran it in 2:42. Chris Sevier Guy from Dundee, uh, he ran it, He was second in 2:53, and also in 2:53 was Callum Oates. And in the female side, we had da-da-da, Julie Atkinson 3:29, Claire McCaskill 3:31, and Grace Cosgrove of in 3:32, so a tight a tight top three for the the marathon girls, and 
In the half marathon, we had Jason Kelly, who had a great race. He was first in 72 minutes. The world's 72 minutes, and he he had a a huge lead. I think the second place guy was, if you just bear with me, I'm trying to reload up the results. I had them loaded up in the (laughs) first episode. He he did. I was bang on. Look at me. I'm I'm a shambles of a guy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Right, anyway, let's load it up. Come on, internet, work. So we had Jason Kelly. He, he, says, he says he's unattached here. That's 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 false. He was he's a metro guy through and through now. Yeah, absolutely. Alistair yeah. Cox, second place, one twenty three, and John Hamilton, third place in one twenty nine. So so well done to uh, guys. And then the females we had. I think the first female was actually, incredibly, a, a vet fifty five, Carolyn Kerr, of Alchester Running Club. Um, incredible. 141. Second place wow. was Aditi Gilight in 141.34. I don't know if I've pronounced your name right. Apologies if I haven't. You pronounced it better that time than the first time. I'd practice, that's why. <laughs> Rachel Williams, third place in 144. There you go. That rounds up the Loch Rannoch marathon and half marathon. Very good. Right, I think that takes us through all the races. So, good mix there. Um, you know that's uh, a bit of road running a bit of cross country I tell you what I'm really torn at the moment because I've, we've had I was chomping we'd love to be getting out in the cross country we don't we can't because we've got this marathon coming up seeing everyone else run marathons recently we've had Berlin we've had Chicago we've had um, what else have we had I'm missing a couple of big ones I'm sure um, we've got Amsterdam this weekend we had Yorkshire last weekend so I'm uh, yeah seeing all these cross country like you is giving me the it's starting to whet my appetite for getting involved. So, yeah, looking yeah. forward to more more cross country discussion through the through the winter. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll give a big a big shout out to some of the guys who were doing Yorkshire. Um, Stuart Millen had a great race. Uh, he's uh, one of our Metro guys. He, he first first ever race uh, marathon, not race. And he hopes <laughs> yeah. he's yeah, be wow. decent enough. Two forty six first race. Boom. Straight in the deep end. Boom. Straight in there. Yeah, there you go. So a uh, a good debut from from Stuart and two forty six. Two forty six. Solid. So well, well paced, solid run. So congratulations, Stuart. And uh, we also had. Did we have another Metro guy? Uh, didn't no, we didn't. But HBT's Dave Ward was running. He was. I don't have the results in front of me anymore. But I think he yeah. was tenth and two thirty eight. So solid. Really oh, good. Yeah, yeah perfect. Really good. And uh, Stuart, Stuart's mum, Carolyn, as well, she ran a 333. Course, yeah. So well, Very good. well, well done. done to Carolyn as well. Fantastic. Yeah, Carolyn uh, so, uh, Milne, Afford City. City of Afford. City of Afford. There yeah. you go. Very There's good. two Affords in the UK, mind you. So you've got oh, yeah. Afford right. Scotland. You've got to be careful. Go. Right, so that takes, yeah, us yeah, yeah. The, that takes us to the results. Um, Kyle has been speaking to ultramarathoner um, Damien Hall, who a lot of our ultramarathon listeners will be will be really eager to hear about so do you want to tee that one up kyle yeah absolutely tom i'm really looking i've really looking forward to interviewing damien um it's a real pleasure to have him on the show uh damien hall he's an innovate ambassador and he's you know one of the one of the best ultra runners out there just now um and and then he's 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 shown that at the the recent ultra trail De Mont Blanc um, in in August, so he's steadily gone progressed up the field every time he's done this race. And the first time I actually met Damien was at the Mozart 100K this in earlier in in the year. Um, 
and uh, it was a pleasure to chat with him. Really humble guy. Uh, the most, you know, the, the the crazy thing is he's he's an over forty. You know, he's only started running a few years ago, and the the, the improvements he's made has been incredible. Um, so you know, a, a real inspiration and uh, a really hopefully a really good insight for some of the listeners to to hear what Damien's got to offer. So here we go. We have an an absolute gem of a guy on the show today, um, a legendary ultra trail runner, Damien Hall, on the show. So welcome, Damien. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for your uh, introduction. I, I'm not sure I recognise myself from from that, but you're very kind. <laughs> no problem at all. So, um, bef- I mean, I was going to do an intro- introduction to you. I mean, you've. I mean, I, I think in in the a lot of the listeners already know who you are because I keep rambling on about you. Um, Especially your your recent <laughs> achievement um, at the Ultra Trail um, UTMB uh, Ultra Trail Mont Blanc uh, a couple of weeks ago now. Um, so yeah, you're you know you've you've represented the Great Britain at the age of forty, I believe, um, and yeah, you've achieved it. You just keep coming, you just keep going strength to strength, which is fantastic. So um, yeah. Damien, before, I'm not going to ramble on about who you are, what you are. I think it's better coming from you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, just tell us a little bit about you. Uh, right. Um, well, yeah, I'm, I'm 42. Um, I guess I only really discovered the, the, the sort of joyous pains of, of ultra running. Um, I think I was 36. It's, it's only sort of six-ish years ago. Um I did my first, so I did my first half marathon in 2011. I, was, I think I was 35-ish, and I absolutely loved it. Before that, I just pretty much played football for about 20 years. Um, I wasn't, I'd run once a week probably to keep fit for football, but I played football like three times a week, so I guess I was quite fit from that. Um, and I was also quite a keen long-distance walker. Um, I know most people associate that with probably, uh, you know, uh, old, uh, much older men, but I really loved doing like the coast-to-coast walk and the Pennine Way and I've done lots of uh, long distance walks around the world. Um, I just hadn't heard of ultra running or, or really trail running, to be honest. So I did this um, half marathon in 2011. Um, absolutely loved it and signed up for a marathon for the next year straight away. I did the Brighton Brighton Marathon. Um, and I was, I'm a journalist as well, so I was pestering a magazine to um, take a running story from me. And they sort of called my bluff and said, OK, well, we want a running story from you. We'll send you on your first ultra marathon. Uh, and I was like, oh, cripes, what's, you know, what's that? Um, so I looked, yeah, looked it up and um, got quite frightened. And I went away and did, on very little training, did uh, The Wall, um, okay. which was sort of 69 miles over two days. Um, and just instantly fell in love with the sport, to be honest. I mean, that isn't, that's not probably a very typical race of, of ultra running, really. But um, I loved the camaraderie between the runners, how you all felt you're sort of in a team together. Um, Obviously, the scenery was much better than, than a city marathon. Um, I quite enjoyed all that pain. Um, and I loved, yeah, I loved the aid stations that you just, you know, you, you arrive and there's all this cake. Um, <laughs> and um, I just I absolutely loved loved the experience. And straight away the next year, I was doing my first 100K. This must have been, what, 2013, uh, I suppose. Yeah, I was doing my first 100K, my first 100 miler. And before I knew it, I was doing the spine race, um, which is quite you know, quite a challenging one. I think that was my fifth ultra marathon. Um, I don't know if you know that one. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah, it's um... 68 miles up there. Yeah. Um, but but I suppose definitely on that one, what really helped me was probably my background as a walker. I was more of a walker than a runner, really. And and 
I mean, I was running, you know, yeah. all the way into Kyoto whenever I could, although I was in a bit of discomfort by then. But, um, <laughs> but I think my background as a walker actually really helped me. Um, you know, being able to stuff pies, pies down your gullet as you as you're going, and put up with some chafing and carrying on pack and navigation and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so I, uh, that's my my early start, and then I suppose I just discovered that I guess the more you run in training. Um, without getting injured, fatigued, or, or divorced, um, <laughs> the better you become as a runner. Um, so um, I guess since then, I guess results have gradually improved from there. And um, yeah, very um, yeah, I was very honoured to represent Great Britain as as you have as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, um, and and I suppose you've got me on partly because of um, yeah, my obsession with UTMB, which has sort of taken over my life. <laughs> a bit for a few years as well yeah yeah definitely i mean I'm, di I'm just looking at some of your results and so yeah you started like in around about 2013 and it's only two that's only what five here's my maths coming up five years ago which to, <laughs> to do to the improvements from like then until now is incredible and something which is really um interesting is the fact that you came from a probably a, a relatively different background compared to some of the other ultra runners um, who perhaps come from like a, a speed background. Um, so I, I, I kind of associate me as a, a coming from like a track and field, well not track, not track and field, but um, middle distance to as a junior um, and then going into cross country then naturally in marathons and then going, oh, what, what else is there out there? Oh, I want to do an ultra marathon now. So, mm. Whereas you know you you've come from the the the, the kind of the long distance running end um, in, into I suppose um, some of the shorter distances as well, but shorter ultra distances as well. So um, so yeah, that, that's really interesting. Now uh, yeah, you're you're the, you're right. I mean, the first time I met you it was uh, it was at Mozart 100, um, and uh, I actually met you halfway halfway up the, <laughs> the course. You're just yapping, yeah. a, yapping away, and then all of a sudden you you were off. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I think as well, um, you know, when it was it was a bit of a surprise seeing you go whizzing past me because I actually thought uh, at one point that you were ahead of me, but you, you went, yeah. you guys went the wrong way. So um, yeah, na naturally, uh, well, I'm, it, I was I was quite happy that you guys went the wrong way, but uh, you still beat me, so that's the main thing. <laughs> Only uh, just, only yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure we can chat about that that race as well. But the the thing what's staggering for me is and, and, and hugely impressive is in 2015 was your first um, UTMB. Is that correct, Damien? Yes. Yeah, um, and that was you were 29th there, and the year after you went back uh, and you improved by 10 places to 19th, and then um, last year you were. 12th last year so slowly yeah. moving up the ranks and this year you were an amazing fifth place which uh which is incredible and um yeah it'd be it, what do you uh, so a question i'm get, getting getting right into it is what do you think you're made why do you think you improved so much you know so you, you've obviously got the the endurance be, beforehand and the long distance walking but was it because of your um you know, was it because you did more running, or do you think it was um, more speed work, or hills, or what, what do you think the main reason is for the improvement? I think I think it's got to be got to be a combination of things. But that first time, that first time I did it, um, 
the big the big sort of shock to me was was the long the long downhills, uh, and my legs just weren't strong enough yeah. for that. I'd done I had done the Dragon's Back race that summer, which I think eh, is it June, early June maybe, yeah. uh, might be late May, um, like at least two months beforehand, and I and I kind of you know and I'd enjoyed that and, and done okay, and that had sort of conditioned my legs a bit, um, but I'd done very little training in between. I don't think I'd left the Cotswolds to train, and you know the hills yeah. and the Cotswolds aren't aren't big. Um, even in just in England, they're not big hills. Um, yeah. So I don't think I'd really trained on any mountains other than the other than the um, Dragon's Back race, which, if people don't know, sort of goes right down the middle of Wales. Um, and it's 185 then, I don't miles. Long descents like at UTMB. Yeah, yeah. So it's a decent it's a decent outing. In fact, it gave me a bit of an injury for a couple of weeks. So I didn't, yeah, I didn't train that well for UTMB, um, yeah. really. But I, I guess I already had um, two or three years of. Um, of training, but I wasn't at that time. I probably ran on average sort of 60, 70 miles a week um, at, at best. Um, but yeah, the big shock from that first year was the long downhills, the uphills. I really enjoyed, and and that's because really you're just you're well, I say just hiking. Um, I think you've really got to think of yourself as you know hiking with purpose. You're not just on a Sunday afternoon ramble, you know, with your with your thermos flask. Yeah. Um, you've really got to be good at hiking because. If you think about it, like going uphill could take you an hour and a half. Going back downhill might be just half an hour. So you're actually spending a lot more time hiking. So mm. it's got to be something you're good at. I guess that came fairly naturally to me. And I, I took polls from the from the off. And I know they're still a bit controversial in Britain, but um, I, I think anyone who doesn't take polls to UTMB is uh, a bit of a sort of a bit stubborn. Uh, <laughs> it's the nicest way of saying it. Um, um, so I guess it was so the, for that second year, I thought, well, I've got to improve my down downhilling. That's the, I've got to get much stronger legs. Um, yeah. and improve on my downhills. Um, one of the key things I did was sort of, at the time, I, I did have a coach, or coached by um, Ian, Ian Sharman oh, yeah. um, around then, okay. um, who helped me. Yeah, I was coached for 18 months by him, and yeah. that is probably what my early progress um, comes down to as well. I've ha I have had four coaches. I'm, I'm self-coached now, but mm. I've had four different coaches, all with quite different ideas, but they all did sort of lift me on a level or two. Um, so, yeah, long downhills, getting good at the hiking um i guess with all i've never really found eating much of a problem to be honest with a race that long yeah um, people say it's you know an eating an eating contest and, and it kind of it really is after a while okay. um yeah. so there's those two things so that second year let me think now I, I still my legs still felt pretty sore that second year um but definitely the third year <laughs> so it kind of took me a good two years I remember the third time I did it, so last year, my legs weren't, my quads weren't blown out. They weren't sore at the end. They were sort of heavy and stiff, yeah. but they weren't sore. So they weren't holding me back. Um, and that was quite a big breakthrough for me. So physically, the things you can do, because obviously a lot of us don't live where there are big mountains. I mean, weight vest hikes was something Ian Sharman taught me, which was um, you might do your run in the morning and then maybe after dinner at night. I'd, I'd often do, I'd have a weight vest of maybe up to 10 kilograms. Um, and you just do a little 30-minute hike okay. up and down some sh short local hills. And it's a really safe way. You don't run in it because running downhill especially, that's a lot of weight going through your knees. So it's quite risky doing that. So you just hike yeah. up and down a hill, um, go home again. You've hardly broken a sweat, to be honest. But if you do that consistently, that's you're building some good strength there. Um, I suppose I made much more effort to go to the Brecon Beacons, um, which is a three-hour round trip for me and, and the biggest climb is still like 400 meters but okay. you know if you're going up and down that a few times um it's, it's the best you can do in basically the south of england south of britain so um 
and and strength individual sort of strength sessions as well where you'd get some dumbbells and you do some squats and lunges especially um so that was three you know at least three ways to to strengthen legs and also snowden um it's yeah it's it's a very busy mountain snowden yeah um, and of course there is that cafe at the top uh, which can work as a sort of uh, de facto aid station which is quite helpful but yeah. basically snowden's good because um, it is pretty much a thousand meters um several of those climbs and you've got like six different paths so most years i have gone and done some reps on snowden before before utmb um right, okay. because it's fairly similar terrain mm -hmm. and you and you can get in a thousand you can get a thousand meter descent quite easily um mm -hmm. so that's another way to get that to get that sort of feeling in your legs so ultimately it was about strengthening my legs i suppose and also one other thing is i've worked for quite a while now with shane benzie who's a technique coach okay. um sorry he's a he likes to say he's a movement specialist and technique coach that's it right. um, and we've worked a lot especially on my descending which wasn't wasn't good um and so that first time i did utmb i'd do a long I'd, I'd pass people hiking uphill and then half of them would pass me back on the downhill right um but now I've got stronger legs. I've got better technique. I've run in the Brecon Beacon, so that's just given me the confidence to run on technical terrain more. Um, and now I just love descending. Like it's probably possibly was my strongest part of my race at this year's UTMB. Right. So I've worked a lot on specific aspects like that. Um, um, yeah. So I guess if you get obsessed enough with something, then you really get obsessed with every element of it, and you go and go away and try and work on them all sort of separately, I suppose. Um, and oh, you know, I'm. 42 so it's all part of all part of my midlife crisis i think <laughs> right that's uh yeah that's, that's really insightful damien um one one thing that really strikes me is um when obviously i met you at mozart and you absolutely welled me up the top of the the hill and it was and you, you, we, we i don't even think we had poles um and 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 i think you you, you no, mentioned I did not that one yeah you mentioned to me it was it's probably like 80 percent Runnable twenty percent. You could, you know, have poles. Um, now it's something that I and I'm sure I've I've kind of mentioned it. And I I've never used poles, and I'm sure for the UTMB, you know, it's definitely a necessity. Um, so I know there's gonna be a lot of there's a lot of ultra runners who who listen. What's the uh, what? How do you train to use running pole? Like how do you train to use poles when when you're going out? Um, I suppose not just to train, but to use them efficiently. How? What's the best way of doing it? Um, to just use yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, what's sorry? Um, what's what's tricky with poles, of course, is you do need similar terrain. Like I, I know a really good ultra runner who lives in London who's done UTMB, and he just doesn't use poles because in London he just can't train with them because you need, you know, you need some steep terrain. Yeah. So, um, you know, if people are semi-serious about UTMB or a similar European mountain race, then you know you do have to go to some mountains or some very steep terrain at some point if you're going to if you're semi-serious about your training um and and then that's when you should you know practice with the poles um it's, it's sort of a difficult technique is difficult to describe um maybe over over a phone or or, or on um, skype but i guess the way i try and think of it is you want you want to be moving your arms quite fast because the danger is your legs your legs tend to follow your arms yeah. so if your arms are moving really really slowly your legs can kind of slow down as well um yeah, okay. so you're better off trying to do short Kind of tip tap tip tap which is <laughs> quite an annoying sound um <laughs> but to try and move your arms fairly briskly um and i try and think of like the weight the power going through my shoulders rather than kind of um way out in front of me sort of dragging myself up the mountain although you may well get to stages in the race where that's <laughs> the only way to get by um i also try and um 
you know, I get in the habit of, uh, I don't do much upper body work, but leading up to the race, I'll do a load of press-ups. I'll, do, I'll get in the habit of doing sort of 40 a day for the couple of weeks beforehand, just to, just to get your arms ready, because um, even if you've done it in training, you, you know, they can still be a bit of a shock. Yeah. Um, um, and I personally, and this is working with Shane Benzie again, we both figured that actually when you use poles on the flats and downhills, they can sort of slow your technique down. Um, and it does come to back to that same idea that your legs tend to follow your arms. So um, if I try hard to tuck, tuck my poles away if I'm not going steeply uphill. Um, and I think I run faster then without them. Um, okay. Again, the, the, the caveat is sort of towards the end of the race, if you're destroyed, if your quads have blown out, you might find you know the poles will help you a bit on a downhill but you're sort of in survival mode uh right. if that's if that's the case i have thought of two other things actually um sort of to answer your previous question about basically how i train for utmb i mean i have gradually over that time lifted my volume um mm -hmm. i've always been a bit wary of doing you know sort of 100 mile weeks um but i this year i did you know stuff it's not big i did get to that sort of level where i could do you know 90 or 100 miles um, 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 and the other one is this year for the first time um, and this you know more your sort of thing but I did do track work for the first time this year um, All right, so okay. it's probably not a coincidence that that, that you know seems to speed me up a bit help me yeah. um, so I would yeah I think if people are keen to do well in ultras then don't neglect the speed work I think a lot of ultra runners do do that and I'm you know I'd much rather go running for six hours in the mountains than and do half an hour on the track. <laughs> um, I'd much, you know, I want that adventure. I want my legs to hurt. You know, I, I like my quads hurting and going up and down some lumpy stuff. Yeah. I don't like going round and round in the circle fast. That's not nice. Yeah. Um, but that probably means I need, yeah, I need to do it. So I, I do think it's a valuable part of your training if you're, you know, if you're serious about doing well. Yeah, brilliant. Well, that I think that's, I think a lot of people are going to keep rewinding what you've just told them. And I, I'm going to do the same. Um, so I think I mentioned to you before, Damien, um, I really, really want to do the UTMB, and you've inspired me to to go out and and get the 15 points I need. I've got 14 points uh, just now, but I need to do another five point race to to do the UTMB. Now, I want to kind of I, I know we've mentioned it, but I want to hear it from the horse's mouth or the the underdog demo's mouth, rather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, can you just tell us a little bit about the UTMB? Why it's so special and um, now, in, in you know the standard of the field, and I'll I'll will say this because it is it's the, the the best, it's probably the best assembled ultra trail field there is out there. Everyone around the world comes along to do it. Killian Journey's never even won it yet, um, and he's meant to be the best mountain runner there is, uh, ultra runner. Oh, he has, no, he has won it actually. Oh, has he? All oh, right, okay. Apologies, Killian. Yeah, yeah, but, but not for it. I think he won it when he was a fair bit younger. Right, okay. It, I think three times, actually, when he was a fair bit younger, and he didn't come, he didn't do it for quite a few years, and now he's started coming back again. Ah, right, there you go. I say apologies, Killian. I, I don't think he listens to Tartan Runner Shots, <laughs> but he, <laughs> you never know. Um, so, yeah, just just tell us a little bit about it, uh, if you don't mind, and, you know, why, why it, well, it, it draws you to go back year in, year out. Well, um... Yeah, I, I think about this a lot, and um, I think it comes down to three three main things. Um, uh, the three C's, uh, sort of um, neatly. Um, so that first year when I went out, I was just blown away by the, I guess the size of the size of everything really. Yeah. I, I guess the first C is the course. Um, I must admit, I have done 
more spectacular races, such as Lavaredo, um, arguably even Madeira, which I loved this year. Um, yeah. But it is it is big mountains. It's you know Mont Blanc, the biggest mountain in Western Europe. Um, it, you know, which can look absolutely gorgeous. It's just huge, and you're sort of doing a big circle around it. Um, so it is a spectacular course. Yeah. Largely, um, you're out in the mountains. I, I always love the night section. Um, often it's been a clear, clearish sky and, you know, you can see the snow on the mountains, a big moon, um, oh, wow. the stars, you know, this zigzagging headlights behind you, headlights, uh, head torches. Um, yeah. Just, you know, it's just stunning being out in the mountains for that amount of time. Yeah. Um, so the course, and the, secondly, um, the crowds are just, just incredible. Um, that, that first main um, checkpoint, Saint-Gervais, um, the crowds there are bigger than any finish line in a UK ultra race. Wow. Um, and it's like a fest. It's almost like a festival there as well. It's just crazy. Yeah. And I admit, some people don't like that element of, of UTMB. But for me, it's like this huge celebration of, of mountain running, of ultra running, of um, of all these heroic people, especially the people towards the end of the race who are taking forty odd hours. Oh, um, and, and there's just this huge, wonderful feeling in Chamonix because obviously you've got um, what four or five other races now. That yeah, races it's about that, week. yeah. Yeah, so it feels like this whole festival of, of running, um, huge crowds, huge knowledgeable crowds, and, and the French and, well, many nationalities that make up the crowds, um, but they're, they're way up in the mountains all the way through the night, ringing cowbells, gathering around fires, um, and it's just so touching that people can make so much effort, and they're so supportive, just verbally as well, yeah. and the finish line in Chamonix is just just magical, uh, people have got to try that. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, they're the two of the Cs, and the third C is what you already mentioned, really, is the competition. Um in that the best, you know, the best runners, or at least the best sort of hundred mile mountain runners in the world, come there every year, um, and it's really exciting for me. I'm not in their class, the same class as you know, uh, your your buddy Killian and um, you know Francois Dane and stuff. I'm, I'm nothing like those guys, but I'm fascinated in how how close can I get to them, yeah. um, and I'm obsessed with kind of the idea of like if I have a perfect race, if I do everything right and they make a few mistakes, you know, maybe I can catch one or two of them or, or overtake one or, or, you know, sneak into the top 10, I suppose, was, was my, was my goal. Um, so yeah, those three things are what, what keeps me, keeps me coming back. And I already feel a bit sad that I promised, promised my wife I won't be there next year. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, well, well, I think it, you've, you've, you've explained it pretty well to me. Um, now, yeah, it, it does look a phenomenal race to do. And, um, so do you think obviously you're going to have a, a year out next year? Um, are you going to be back again? Do you think? Uh, I, I'll just take that. Um, I'll take that year year away from UTMB. I'm, I'll do other races. Um, yeah. And just see how much I miss it. I suppose. Um, um, it just feels like a good time to step away. I feel like I've achieved probably, yeah, probably all I can there. Yeah. If I'm honest with myself, um, it just feels like a good time to try something else. Um, before I, I don't know, go a bit stale there or, or stop enjoying it or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'll have one year away. I'm sure I'll miss it like mad when it's on. Um, and then I'll consider whether to go back the next year. But, I, you know, I want to, it's difficult to get into, but my dream race for next year would be sort of Western States um, in America. And, you know, yeah. maybe I'll get into that. And, if that, you know, if I have a positive experience out there, I mean, you know, that might replace the UTMB in my, in my sort of, obsessive little mind but but we'll see i suppose so i i definitely wouldn't rule out going back um and you know maybe i'd try something like tds or um maybe even ccc but um 
Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll yeah. Do, yeah, just one year away and yeah, see how I feel about it then. Yeah. Well, one of the, I mean, I'm going back to the race. Um, so I don't, I don't think I've, uh, I've spent enough time when you were racing. Uh, now I was, I was watching. I, I didn't stay up all night. Uh, it's far, far too long. <laughs> but I was um, <laughs> when I woke up because uh, I, I think you started off quite, um, quite conservative, and you just slowly picked off people throughout the whole race. Um, and I think when I woke up, you were in like I think you were in maybe twelfth position or something like that. Um, and then all of a sudden, like hour after hour, you just kept picking people off, and then all of a sudden you were in like fifth place and we're like whoa you know it was incredible because um it was, it was just you know knowing them what you're that you obviously wanted to get a top 10 and for you to get a top five is is so is, you know really inspiring and um i think i commented on on your facebook saying ah oh, you know I, I didn't realize you were a vet um you know you're 40, 42 which is you know awesome and i think that that is that in itself is is really inspiring because a lot of people think oh i'm i'm 40 odd i'm, I'm this this age and I've, I've only got x amount of years left in me for for running and and, and obviously you started running at a later age but you've always been active um and i'm sure that you've you've looked after your body so what what is there anything you want to elaborate on that you know that side of things but like in terms of you know what? the year yeah i mean when i think about my age i try and remind myself that i, I guess i try and say that i'm um, only kind of about six in in running years um and there is that theory isn't there that you peak in about six or seven years of, of your running sort of career I, I've, I've heard or at least that's something i heard that i like the sound of so i've stuck to, stuck to that idea um but yeah it's difficult to know um i guess that does give me a sense of every race could could be my like sort of my the end of my peak you know it could be my best race um and i may never be this good again i do feel like it's almost inevitable that my performances will sort of start to drop drop off at least at the sort of um slightly faster end of slightly faster type of races i suppose so it does make me uh, I, I don't know a bit more obsessive about the training a bit more keen to make the race really go you know work for me yeah um i do feel like i'm on sort of borrowed time almost um, I mean, there'll be other races and SKTs and stuff I can do, even if I know I'm slowing down a bit. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I, I won't be giving the sport up or anything, but but um, I do feel like um, I haven't, I've only got so much time, so I want to get on and do stuff. And it, I suppose earlier on that made me, you know, go to a coach and and get a, get good advice rather than I don't know asking on Facebook groups or, or yeah. just just you know uh, muddling along in training. I, I you know I went to coaches quite early. Yeah. Um, um, as regards the race itself. Um, you're very you're very kind um it, it probably didn't <laughs> wasn't going as smoothly as it sounds on the ground in that um well, <laughs> i didn't actually pass as many people as it looked like because they were dropping out ahead of me um yeah. which was quite you know it's quite nice to not have to have those little battles um yeah, it move be, up yeah. Field. it was um and i think i went from you know i went from about sort of 13th to about seven um only passing three you know about three people um uh, you know, I mean, that took you know three or four hours to do that, but um, yeah. and that was a nice little, uh, nice little boost when you sort of just move up without really. Um, but but towards the end of the race, it can be funny out there because you often can't see very far. You're often in trees going up and down the mountains, and um, you you sort of no idea if people are right. There could be someone right on your tail, but you wouldn't know until they're literally on your you know 
treading, treading on your uh, on your heels. Um, yeah. And what happened towards the end of the race was um, I thought I kept getting told I had a 20 minute cushion uh, on the runner behind me. Um, so I I didn't relax too much, but I was more relaxed than I might have been. Yeah. It turns out there was a guy maybe even a minute behind me. Um, oh wow! And on the way down, I was um, well actually to, to be totally honest, I um, for the large there's a last descent from a place called Le Fleur, Le Fleurger. Um, and when I got there, I kind of thought to myself, and this is a mistake, I kind of thought, right, it's in the bag, I'm okay now, I've got fifth place. Of course, within a minute, I'd gone, <laughs> I'd face-planted um, because I'd relaxed too much. I'd just tripped up on a rock and gone flying and almost oh, no. ended my race, you know. Um, um, and actually, there was a guy much closer to me than I realised. So, um, so I, I, I had a word with myself and thought, right, you know, take the descent a bit more calmly, but, you know, don't, don't mess this up. But I, the online um, tracking apparently was saying that, yeah, the guy was um, estimated to come into Chamonix one minute behind me. Oh. So when I got down to Chamonix, um, uh, and this time I had I had Nikki Sprinks crewing for me, and she sort of joined me to run the last bit. Yeah. Um, and quite smartly, they decided not to tell me straight away that there was a guy right on my heels because they thought I would, you know, absolutely go for it and probably crash, <laughs> crash and burn into Chamonix and, and not be able to recover. Oh. But they told me about halfway about halfway through, you've got a sort of final kilometre in Chamonix itself, which is usually it's magical because especially if you're finishing the daylight, there are so many people out and about um, yeah. and people are so generous. Um, um, but halfway through that, Nicky said, oh, by the way, I think there's a guy just a, maybe a minute behind you. Um, <laughs> and I tried to go a bit faster and I really didn't have much, much left. Um, mm. But actually... There was a, a bit around then where you could look back quite a long distance, um, or at least kind of 30 seconds or maybe even to a minute, and I could see there was no one. So, I, yeah, the, the panic didn't last too long. Um, but it could have been a bit messier towards the end. Um, oh. But, yeah, it was, it was magical. It's just magical when you, when you finish that race. Um, the crowds were incredibly generous. And, I, um, you know, I did, I did milk it a bit because I just thought it might never be this good again. And, I, you know, this, this is what I've been working for for four years. I'm going to... You know, I want to remember this for you know for a long, long time. So it was, yeah, it was really, it was really special. Yeah, it's it, yeah, awesome. It, it sounds really, really special, and um, yeah, I think you've inspired a lot of people, um, especially. Huh. Now, I, I think as huh. as well, um, you've got you've got a really good um, film out. It's it's and who who was it who shot the film? Just so that people can can have uh, a view on it. Yeah, thank you, thank you for mentioning that. So my good friends um, Matt and Ellie uh, Green, um, they run a company called Summit Fever Media, who, um, they're adventure filmmakers. Um, and I've known them for quite a few years. Um, when I did the spine race, they were, they were doing photographs and films for, for the spine race. Um, and they, yeah, they're full-time. They make um, great little, often quite short films for lots of ultra races. Actually, if you've seen a good video on your Facebook feed from a British ultra race, it's nearly always by them. Um, yeah. So they they decided early in the year they wanted to sort of make a film for for film festivals, um, you know, based on my attempt to get to the top ten. So they've called it they've called it Underdog. Um, they I think it's pretty much finished. It's it's about twenty minutes, um, but they've put a trailer out on social media, which probably probably if you if you looked at any of my social media accounts, I'm probably it's probably pinned pinned to the top or whatever. It shouldn't be too hard to find if if you're um, if people are bored enough. Um, but there is yeah they'll have a film a film finished um, quite soon. It'll be on the, some of the film festivals, hopefully, and then they'll decide sort of how they want to um, release it sort of after that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's very kind of them to do that. I did, you know, it did add some pressure to my to my kind of race, and they very kindly kind of said, you know, I was having a little bit of a, 
what's the word? I wasn't having a meltdown or anything, but I was. The pressure was getting to me yeah, before yeah, the race because yeah. I'd sort of, I'd put it all on myself. It was all my own fault. But people were coming up to me saying, "Good luck for top ten, top ten. You know, Ian Corliss did his preview and, and mentioned me as someone, uh, you know, perfectly capable of getting the top ten and stuff. And yeah. after a while, you kind of think, "Oh, everyone just expects you to get the top ten. Like, there's still a hell of a lot of hard work to do." And yeah. Um, and it did, you know, it got to me slightly. But they very kindly, I said to them, um, or, or rather, I said to them, and they. Um, you know, does it matter if I don't have a good race? And of course it matters to them. You know, it's not um, it's not such a good film if I, <laughs> if, if, if sort of, you know, the person doesn't do what they yeah, said, yeah. said they would. Oh, um, but they really sweetly kind of said, oh, look, don't worry, as long as you start the race, then there's a good story for us there. Um, and that actually really relaxed me, and I'm glad they lied to me um, <laughs> um, just then, because that, yeah, that, that, did, that did help me. Oh, yeah, it must have done, yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, so definitely have a look at that. And um, what, what's your social media accounts you've got? Just, I'm, I'm sure I could, we'll, we'll certainly be sharing it on, on the podcast, but just for, for folk just to see it and oh. to follow you. And... Oh, thank you. Um, mostly it's like ultra underscore demo, I think. So I think on Twitter and, and um, Instagram, it's ultra underscore demo. Um, Facebook, I think it's demo ultra um i'm on strava somewhere as well but um if you just search my name it should be it should come up quite easily i'm pretty sure i pinned it to my facebook yeah uh one or or if you look for summit fever media um i'm pretty sure they would have it um or even innovate my sponsors they've they've sort of promoted it too which is nice of them so um yeah i'm I'm not normally that that shy with social media so i'm I'm sure people can find it if they if they want it yeah brilliant yeah no it's you'll definitely get a lot a lot of folk really interested in your story and um yeah, no, it's, it's it's just really inspiring your your progress as well, and um, and I, I think it's I think you need to put you know some people don't put enough pressure on themselves to do well, and okay, some people put too much pressure on, but um, when people know that you're capable and 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 you know that you're capable of of getting a top ten, then hey, why not? You know, I mean, I, I you know I've, <laughs> I've got my own targets as well, and I'm like, oh, I need, I, if you don't put that pressure on, then I think you tend to relax too much and you, you might end up not trying or training as hard as you should do. So, um, no, I think, I think you're, you're bang on and quite, quite rightly. So you, you put the pressure on, uh, yourself and, and you, you delivered, um, you, you know, you smashed the target time to top 10, you know, it's a top five you got, which is, which is amazing, um, to, to do. So excellent. So, so Damien, well, what's, well, sorry, what are you going to say? Oh, I was only going to say, um, sorry to interrupt. Um, I mean, that, the whole psychological side of the sport is is absolutely fascinating, isn't it? Um, yeah. You know what what your expectations are, and, and um, I mean, some of the other elites, I'm only guessing, but but you know, might have dropped out the race because they weren't going to match their expectations, you know. But they still would have probably finished in the top ten or whatever. Yeah. But I think some of them probably wanted, you know, first or nothing, you know. Um, and that, that side of the sport is. It's fascinating, isn't it? But I also agree with you. Um, I meet quite a lot of ultra runners who sort of tell tell me or tell themselves they're ju- you know just mid pack runners, um, almost as if that that kind of lets them off the hook. Like they, then they don't really have to train hard and then they don't really have to race with much ambition. Um, I'm not saying you know everyone who finishes in the mid mid pack lacks ambition, um, but some of those people I think if they you know if they wanted it a bit more they could sort of get it a bit more. Um, yeah. But that's totally down to every individual and what they want from the sport and, and actually it's lovely sometimes and I've done some races with friends maybe where I've just you know just been out for a run basically like I did my first 
I did a race called the Imba Ultra a few years ago, and it was my friend's first ultra. So yeah. I was just going to run it with him. Um, so we finished, you know, 120th or something. But I actually, you know, it was a cracking day out. It was, it was lovely to get around and share the experience with friends. Um, so you can you, you can treat the sport like that, of course. But um, I definitely think, you know, a lot of people can make, you know, some pretty good improvements um, um, and, and, and be a lot, you know, do a lot better than maybe they, they thought they can um, um, if they, you know, if they want to, I suppose. Thanks, Kyle, and thanks, Damien. That was great. That was part one. We'll be bringing you part two of that interview next week. Moving on, yeah. running rant. So, Kyle, take it away. Hey, Tom, I've got a couple of running rants uh, for, for this episode. And, and, and we, we, I know we've got a couple from, from some of the listeners uh, who, who are going to send some over, but for me, I need to get these off my chest. <laughs> the first one, right, now... Please do not take this the wrong way, listeners. And anyone who competed in this race, uh, you know, I, 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 I respect anyone who does this race. I've done this race, um, but Avi Morten K, Tom, downhill. <laughs> the elephant in the room. That's all I'm going to say now. It's, is that a PB or is that not a PB? Uh, do you know, I'm really torn on this one. Well, actually, no, I'm not torn. The 10K, I'm... I'm, I'm I'm not having it. I, I'm so I, I I'm think, not having it. The, the half marathon I, I'll give someone, but the 10k, not having that. Yeah, I think I'll be specific. The, the half marathon, Avi more half. Um, that obviously it does go back onto the 10k route, and there's a lot, there's a significant amount of elevation in the the half marathon compared to, I mean, versus the, the, the you know the 10k. The 10k I think is only 40 feet of elevation or 60 feet of elevate, which is nothing really. It's like five meters or so. 10 meters um so yeah i i you know I, the question is is it a pb or not a pb it's yeah i feel i feel i feel like you i don't elephant I don't, in the room here well, I, I, I feel like I i'm getting we, pushed to, to lead the charge I, I, I am right well i'll i'll, I'll go first then right because uh, you know this is i think i was quite harsh in the first episode yeah, so. yeah luckily yes. Luckily, we've got time to redeem. We've got another episode to redeem ourselves because we we goosed the the first you know the the first take off. But, you know we goosed up. But anyway, I'm gonna say no. It's not a PB because it's downhill, and according to the, the, the you know the official measurement or, or not even the measurement the the actual elevation profile. Now, if you put a downhill, if you put a you know you start you run up the the, the top of a, a a mountain to the bottom. And it's 10k. You wouldn't say that's a PB for a 10k, would you? No. No, no, you wouldn't. So, and now my main my main thing about the the, the more 10k is the times. Everyone got PBs. Big Absolutely. PBs. If, if, if everyone who never did that race, if and I'm not. Let's just forget about more Let's just say any downhill 10k. Now, I think there was a recent one, um, there was a recent Boston qualifier, which is significantly downhill, but it's classes of Boston qualifier, and everyone got the time, like, it, because it's a, it's a net downhill. And and the people who've busted their ass to get a PB on a, an official course that's been measured correctly, and it, it fits within the, you know, the, the guidelines of, of um, the difference in elevation, like, they busted their ass to... To do it on a, a, an official course, whereas, yeah, like the Aviemore ten, you know, that are a, a downhill ten k, downhill ten k isn't really gonna 
quite quiet, is it? So I think what I what's funny hearing you there is during the first take, the word belittle was used a lot. So I guess I'm going to throw that one in. Is I've got you know well I've got well done to everyone who's gone to the course and run their times and you know you've you've trained hard and you should be proud of what you've done on that course. I just think there needs to be an asterisk on it because. I know, I've got an example, a guy I know at work, he ran f- sub 50 minutes for the first time at Great Aberdeen, put a couple of minutes into his friends, was chuffed a bit to go sub 50. Two of them have then gone and run like 48 minutes, so taking three, four minutes off the street, their times going into Abbey Moore. And I just think, you know, it's, I, I'm not one to knock downhill races as such, you know, if you look at, say, the Inverness Marathon is technically downhill. It's got climbing in it. You have to work for that. You know, and when you're talking marathon, you start to really load the quads, and there's other challenges there. So I would never knock someone's Inverness marathon time. I think it's well-earned. And, Kyle, you made the point last week that actually it's pretty comparable to London in terms of people's times and performances. Equally, the Aviemore half, I've heard chat might be short. I can't comment on that. I may not run it. But at least there's some climbing and some off-road at the start. You've got to work for that one. But the 10K, when you look at the profile... You could put an, if you put a tire at the top of that hill, you could roll it to the finish. That looks it. Like it's uh, 500 feet of difference, so 500 feet downhill. And I just think that when I look at, I don't, I think the problem is because it is marked as a 10k. It's not, it hasn't got a license, and it's not ratified. So I don't, I don't even know if it's got a course measurement or not. So I think there, people, to people who've run it and they're pleased with the times, good on you. You've run a best. But what you need to do is take that drive, go through a spring or winter or spring road race, flat one, and put it out there there and use that as a say to yourself, right, this is great, it's a great progress, but I need to do that on a flat course now. And I think that's the way to treat it. I personally also think they should just make it like a 9K race. I think having it as a 10K creates this nonsense. And uh, I mean, can you imagine Luke Trainer rocks up and runs 27.30? No one, that will, no, no one's going to, nobody is going to take that seriously in any form for a Scottish record or a, or any or you know a, or qualifying to make a British Olympic team or anything. So at a Joe Bloggs public runner level, let's just take that discussion off the table, make it a nine K trail race. Enjoy the downhill, enjoy the sensation of running fast. Some people say to me, Oh yeah, you've still got to turn the legs. Well, you've got to turn the legs, but you're <laughs> running downhill. I mean imagine it's just yeah, built bonkers. Uh, I, what I will say though, Tom, is I've done the, you know, I, I've done having more 10k as well, and you know, I thoroughly enjoyed the race. It, oh, it was sure uh, on, on on the back of winning Riverness 10k. It was probably my debut like breakthrough race when I started getting quicker again. Um, and I ran 32.55, and when I went to uh, to having more a couple of weeks ago, I, I then ran 32.10. Um, now I knew. That it's not a PB because of the the sheer downhillness of it. Like it was it was bit, what I did feel. I loved you're right. I I loved the feeling of running fast down the course. Um, and I was like, actually, you know, what? I I've I've got the I've got you know the real bug now of, of the uh, the running bug and the racing bug mm-hmm. to the personal best bug to really go out and hammer another 10k and at the same time on a flat course and. You know, a couple of years down the line, there, there's me running a, a you know a 30 minute 10k from off the back of of, of doing that. You know, it, it was like, oh, if I can do 32.10 on a downhill course, I'm wanting to do that 
on a flat course and an official course and and that course for me was Ribble Valley like that's where mm. and that's an undulating course a loop course and that yeah that's that's uh that's where where I got to and my kind of views for for, for the Avi Motenke as well so there I guess our message to listeners then is is if you've if you've run a time there that's a PB well done go and make that happen on the flat roads that's that is the only way to treat this race I think no one should be resting on that and saying, oh, finally, I've done that PB, that's it. I mean, it's uh, it's an indicator. It's only comparable to last year's Abbey Moore. There you go. Now, last year, what I think last year there was a, a slight issue with the, the measure, oh, yeah, the marking true, yeah. system. <laughs> so maybe it's not comparable okay, last fair. year. But yeah. what, what I will oh, say is event. next year, maybe maybe a, in, 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 you know, a reverse of, of the 10K. Yes, I Let's like do that. it. From from the, the the finish to the start next year, and, yeah. and let's see what what the times are. That'll, that'll be a cracking race, a nice <laughs> yeah. wee hill race for you, an uphill Very only. Good. Yeah. Right. So, good. That was number one. Number then. two. Right, number two, Tom. Go so in Chicago, and in Niagara Falls, I had to, I I I didn't have the privilege of of being able to run and, and grab water bottles. Plastic water bottles, sports drinks, water bottles from um, from the table, from the <laughs> sidelines. Yeah. Because I wasn't an elite. I wasn't Mo Farah. Uh, I'm not Kipchoge. I just get the. We all get the plastic cups. We all, all. Everyone gets plastic cups. Now, I've, this is this is the thing what really pisses me off. Now, I paid two hundred dollars for Chicago Marathon, and I. I have to run with get get water from these measly little cups that hardly hold any water from them, and every time I grab them, all the water falls out of them, or the the, the sports drink you've got, it falls out, it goes all over your hands. You try and drink it, it then goes all over your face, and the end of the result, you only get a tiny little bit of water digested into you. Yeah. And I, I meant to do that for the next couple, you know, every what three three miles you get you get water. I think it was two point five k actually. So there was regular water stops, but how the hell can I grab that water and, and get as much water as I need in a marathon if I can't even drink it while I'm running? Now, I, I can't. I, I can't slow. You're not going to slow down, are you? No. You're going to. You don't want to slow down for water. You need to try and run the same pace that you're running and ingest the water. Now, I, I, I couldn't do it at all. I couldn't do it at all. I had to slow down every single stop, and even then, I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not even going to drink water anymore. Maybe that's why I, yeah, I didn't do too much. No, it's not. I'm not making excuses. <laughs> but. <laughs> but the only the only thing I could do was to. I know this. It's a it's a practice. You know, you, you should be practicing this. But because of the the paper cups, you squeeze them both together and you, you make a triangle. Then you can drink it. But even that, I was yeah. still it was still going all over me. Now, what Tom? What's your either advice or what's your views on paper cups now i understand why they're doing it for environmental um you know environmental issues and um you know all the plastic in, in the world but i've paid top dollar for this race now surely they can recycle the bottles and put them in the bin after the race and everyone's happy i agree with you i mean i i think yeah certainly let's so let's take chicago and a big race environment you're paying a lot of money there's a lot of sponsorship there they get a lot of money off charity places uh, I don't think it's too much to ask for proper bottles, especially you're going to a race like that to run a time. Uh, there's ways around it. We're all on board with this pass on plastic. So why don't they have 
only use recycled bottles, for example, that they fill up because I guess they're ordering them from a water sponsor and they, they should just get a load of bottles made out of recycled plastic, fill them up at the station and put them on the table because what I think's annoying is when you grab a bottle of water, which what you can do is you can run with it for you know five minutes and sip at it slowly. When you've got a cup, you've got to take that in one or two little gulps. Half of it goes up your nose, and then or you chuck it over your head. It's an it's not really force you to take it down straight away. I think you'd be better having, you know, a bottle, a recycled bottle that you can use. The second thing is, can they not just have like a? What I'm a big fan of is when races have these drop zones or rubbish zones. So you can only drop your rubbish within a certain block and you know it's like a 200 meter section every couple of miles they can sweep all the plastic up it's, it makes it very contained they can recycle the bottles and you know and make that happen I think that's the way to go on a smaller marathon I was gonna say I guess why they want to use paper cups but at the same time you know a smaller marathon is less runners so I guess it's the rubbish handling is difficult but certainly on a big these big city marathons Come on, give the yeah. Uh, I, come on, a hundred percent, Tom. Like London, you had sports drink bottles. Lucasaid sponsored it, but yeah. Like, come on, like we, we, you know, we. we I, 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 I really, I really struggled getting the the hydration I needed for for both Chicago and Niagara. Even even with all the booze I was having between Chicago <laughs> and Niagara, I still still struggled to get the water I needed. But another another kind of slight rant again is. Now, I I don't know if I, I don't even remember what what I, if I spoke about this last last week, but I can only ingest gels. I I think the only thing I can get in my system when I'm doing races is either sports drinks in a proper cup and in, in a proper bottle and gels. These really? chewy sweeties, these chewy sweeties, these uh, shop blocks. Now I'm not sponsored by Cliff or any of that. I'm, I'm not good enough to. Um, but I tell you, like. I got there. I was eating them. I couldn't get them. I couldn't get them in my my, my throat. They were just <laughs> they were stuck. So I was almost like choking on myself. I was like, God. And there was the noon the noon gel gel sweets as well in Chicago and Cliff Shop Blocks in Niagara. Yeah. And they were like, ah, oh, like I couldn't. They, you had to chew on them. They weren't melting in your mouth. And apparently, three of them, three uh, shop, three Cliff Shop Blocks are the equivalent of taking one gel. Now, it's all, yeah, it's equivalent oh, to taking right. one gel if you can chew them, that is, and if yeah. you can get them down there. But I had to spit half them out because I was like, they were just <laughs> stuck in my throat. And I never had any water because I couldn't get the feckin' water in my gullet either, could I? Because it was all over my hands. And your beard. It was a nightmare. And my beard, yeah. yeah. I, had more, I had more gels and more, more, more uh, shot blocks and more water after the race from my beard than I did in my mouth during the race. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, I'm swearing a lot. The, the rants are fairly coming. They're starting to become yeah, uh, quite explicit. A, yeah. a, a little bit explicit. Um, we're going to get that explicit sign on iTunes soon, we so we better watch, watch what we say. So, but yeah, so I, I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what your your take is on that, uh, Tom. Do you prefer I, gels or can you take cliff I prefer gels. blocks or? What? I, I've yeah. never I've never really taken solids like you know blocks or. Or sweets on a on a, in a race. I've always taken either a gel or a sports drink. Having said that, I've previously taken these gel shot uh, Cliff shot gels, and uh, they they're a bit gloopy for me. I'm, I struggle to get them down, so I'm changing I'm changing gels now. Actually, at the Great Scottish Run, I went back to this SIS Go, so 
I think I'll go down that road or I'm like um yeah, so that I think there's yeah, I'm I'm with you. Gels all the way. Gels easy to get down. I, I think I think anyone who I mean again, I've got to watch what I say here because it's it's my opinion. It's not it's not um don't don't you know not anyone everyone has to honour what we say, um but I, I I don't know why you would eat, eat solids uh during in a marathon. I really I really don't get why you would have like, a, a go bar or, or a bar like a cereal bar in a marathon. I, I don't get it. For an ultra yeah. race, yes, because you're out for so long. But even in an ultra race, you're still having to chew on it. You're still having to like create liquid in your mouth to chew on it and to digest it. Whereas gels and sports drinks, that it's gonna you're gonna digest. It's gonna absorb quicker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I just find it difficult to understand why why you would eat solid food during a during a run and especially at pace yeah. now i'm not saying everyone maybe people who are walking running some of it it'll be easier for them but people who are running at pace like why why would you want solid foods and then during it during a rate I, I don't know i don't get it yeah. but maybe you know everyone's each to their own but yeah have a think about that but what i would say is like tom you're the you know you've you said yourself and, and fiona have practiced um, fueling like with and cups, getting yeah. like with cups. So if anyone is going to experience action, like figure, find out exactly what what, what the kind of food stations are going to be like. If you're going to get paper cups, are you going to get bottles and practice, 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 yeah. practice? Um, and I'm sure it'll stand you in good stead as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Practice makes perfect. What a, what a series of rants there. That's uh. Oh. That's, <laughs> Yeah. Well, keep them keep them coming in, folks. Like we don't want to run 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 out in the the running rants. Uh, I know where I was I was harping on about positivity and stuff, but hey, it's entertaining running yeah. rants, isn't it? I tell you what, if you're if you're running a downhill 10k and taking cups on the course, we're not promoting that race. That is that's for sure. You that's, will not get the TRS seal of approval if your race is a 10k <laughs> downhill and you've got plastic, you've got paper cups on the course. Just they, get they, out. They, we don't get interested. There we go, and, and what I would say, you know, we 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 are a huge promoter of the running the running seat scheme. I can't even. It's been so so many uh, hours of podcasting, and I don't even. I can't even speak properly now. We, we are we are an ambassador for running running in yes, Scotland. Yes, we are. We're for races, training, individuals, uh, you name it. Um, and and we are an independent podcast. Uh, as as uh, <laughs> Scottish Athletics <laughs> quite rightly quoted, yeah. we aren't. Uh, we, 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 you know, we're not an official uh, podcast promoting anything. We just do it for the love of it, uh, and, and 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 we enjoy it. You know, we we enjoy yeah. sharing sharing our love and uh, and and speaking all things running. So so there you go. Absolutely. So please do not be offended, listeners. Please, honestly, that that is, if you've run it, we don't. We are not mean to offend anyone. These are just. It's just. Uh, this is the type of discussion that we think is happening across Scotland in running clubs, on runs, in pubs, you know, in WhatsApp groups. So, yeah, do not be offended. And if you disagree with us, please give us a shout. Honestly, we would love to take some. We'd love to face our critics on the on the podcast. That'd be uh, that'd be good. A hundred percent, and I'm sure you all shoot 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 us down as well. But yeah. Because we, hey, hey. we, don't, we don't really know what we're talking about. So Exactly. We speak a load of rubbish sometimes, but exactly. that's, what it's all, that's what it's all about. So moving, like, so moving on from, before we finish up with what races are coming up, um, speaking of people who, who do know what they're talking about, um, 
we've had a yeah, as Kyle said, we've had a few messages from from various listeners, which are you know we've really well received. We're really enjoying hearing from listeners. You know, in person at races has been amazing. In, on email and on Facebook has been great. Um, I just want to give a shout out to Stephen Waterston who got in touch. And Stephen is the the team manager for the junior males team at Edinburgh AC this year, and he uh, he got in touch just to say that he enjoyed hearing about um, the cross country from Alex Jackson, as I think many people did. You know, Alex being such a respected figure, and uh, yeah, just want to you know, thanks to Stephen for getting in touch. It was really nice to receive a nice message from you. Stephen is uh, is recently qualified as an official. He he's obviously coaching and and team managing this junior team for the Edinburgh C, and um, he runs regularly as an IPC. T38 athlete, so you know, which is a partially sighted um, category. So, you know, great, really pleased to hear from you, Stephen. Good luck with your running. Good luck for the NBAC junior uh, men's team. We hope you have a good cross country season, and we look forward to hearing how you get on on through the year. Yeah, absolutely, Tom. Yeah, really, really exciting to see how they get on. So, awesome. Grant. So I think just to very quickly wrap up because this is the second time going, so this will be a quick run through. Race is coming up, so what we'll be talking about next week, we've got East League Cross Country kicking off this weekend in Stirling. Great course around the Stirling University grounds. You do not have to pre-register for that. You don't have to pre-enter for it. You just have to be a, an East District athlete and a Scottish Athletics affiliated athlete. If you're keen to run this Saturday at Stirling, speak to your club, speak to your captain, speak to your team manager get involved, go along, and they will organise that. I think it's eight, uh, 9k for men, 6k for women, I think. So, And there's various uh, junior distances as well. So get involved with that. Um, we also have this weekend the Kenord 10k, a race. You said you've on take one, you've run that, Kyle. I have. It's a fantastic race. Um, uh, good old Peter Henry from D-Side Runners organises it. He does a fantastic job. A nice local race, um, a, a real, it's a bit of a trail race really. It goes round the Loch Canord, and uh, you get a fantastic goodie bag at the end. And if you've, I think if you've pre-registered, pre-entered, um, I, the last time I I checked, I got some, uh, I think it was honey and some cheese, Cambysome cheese. Oh yes. So uh, oh, it's a, a great goodie bag. Worth worth the every more than the actual entry itself. Um, so so yeah, and you get a fine feed at the end as well. So good luck to everyone doing that. And I believe we've got uh, our metro, our metro runners Hamish Battle and uh, Ginny Ginny Baran doing it as well. Correct. So um, I'm sure they'll metro they'll do wins. pretty well there. And uh, in fact, that was the first time I ever met Hamish Battle was uh, as it was at that race, and right. he wasn't too far behind me. So I was like, who the hell's this? Who's this guy with the, the dreadlocks and <laughs> ah well he, he did, you know and look at him now he's uh, he's he's breaking thirty almost thirty one minutes in uh, in the Aviemore 10k so yeah so <laughs> yeah asterisk no Hamish is in Hamish is in good form I think he's up for it so hopefully he goes well we have the the dramathon which actually I think your best place to speak about that as well the dramathon you seem to know a bit more about that than me I I, I did know a lot a little bit about it. Because um, I, I read the website and I've I've lost the oh, right. the website now because because uh, I was looking at um yeah it's, it's that it's was in a, take a, take number one it's a marathon where you get handed whiskey on the course exactly so in, in a nutshell uh, you run you run around uh, space you know along space way and uh, mainly trails and road and uh, yeah you go through all the 
all the different distilleries and at the end of it you get the, all the distilleries that you ran through um, you get the miniatures um, oh, so there's a marathon event there's a half marathon event there's a 10k event and there's a really event that uh, totals up the, the marathon so it, all, it finishes um, in Glenfiddich the Glenfiddich distillery so yeah I would encourage us I don't think there's any entries on the day but um, you know a date in the diary for you if you fancy giving it a bash next year. So hopefully it'll be a good day. And uh, there's a lot of people doing it. And I think it's, uh, you know, yeah, governed by the fact race. that you get whiskey at the end. So when? so there you go. On a more useful note, because I do appreciate we're telling people about races that you can't enter on the day. Just uh, a bit of a sort of heads up. So the National Relays are next weekend. That is closed, but we'll speak about that uh, probably next week. The Scottish Short Co- National Short Course Championships, which is a 4K cross country in Lanark this year I think it's on the 10th of November if my memory serves me correctly that the entries for that are open enter through your club now for that the other shout out I just want to highlight is I noticed this week that the Berlin Marathon ballot for next year is open so um, it's always frustrating when you miss these things so listeners if you haven't heard and you're keen to think about Berlin next year the ballot is open so now's the time to throw your name in for that Fantastic. So yeah, I, I think that's all the all the events we have, is it? Yeah, it sure is. But, yeah. Uh, other than that, I think the only other thing I was going to mention, Tom, is um, now I'm just doing this on, on the side, really. Um, obviously, I'm I've been running for many years now, and uh, you know I'm passionate of all things running, podcasting, coaching, um, my own training. Uh, I'm looking to take on five five athletes, five runners, uh, any level, and I'm hoping to take them through their paces. Um, uh, obviously, only taken up to five because I've, I've got, uh, you know, I've got a full-time job, and <laughs> uh, I, I think I would be completely overwhelmed if I did anything more than that. So, um, if anyone wishes to uh, get in touch with me, and hopefully um, I'll help them out with their training, feel free to email me at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com and uh, I'll give you some more details on that. What, I, what, so. I, what I'll add to that is Kyle clearly knows what he's doing. I mean, the, that's, uh, you know, you got, if you've listened to the show, you've listened to, you know, you know we all know how well, how, how, qualif- how competent Kyle is in terms of running. He's, he's, he is qualified. Um, he's, you know, it's not just doing something that he fancies doing. The only caveat is, He'll take you up till the week before the race, <laughs> but the week of the race, just do your own thing. Forget about what he tells you. He's going to tell. I mean, you know, this is a guy who, and I can't actually remember if we talked about this on the first take or this take, so I'll have to repeat it. So we never Chicago, did we? The no, Chicago, no. So the Chicago yeah, Marathon, right? Well, we talked. Firstly, we talked about it in Germany on an episode months ago. This is the guy who walked around in a pair of flat shoes the week for his ultra and almost ruined his race by doing his Achilles. This week in Chicago, so. Bear in mind, before the Great Aberdeen Run, I picked up a pair of races for Kyle and run for it. So I've got a good handle on what races are on. These are amazing, man. These Brooks racers. These are what I run for my marathons and my halves. They're absolutely banging. They're going to make me go smoking fast. The day before Chicago Marathon, I get a message from Kyle with a picture of a Nike Zoom Fly, which I've been racing in and I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try this uh, new shoe tomorrow. What do you reckon? I mean, talk about throwing the rule book out the... Out the uh, out the window. Anyway, fair play to him. It's obviously worked. So, but just remember that, listeners. This is it. The week before your mar- the work for your race. He'll get you in great shape. You'll be ready to go. Do your own taper. Do your own right. final I, prep. I, I'm going to disagree, Tom. What I will <laughs> say is my my um my method of approach is to 
Um, you, whatever you do in the last week, what I tell you to do in the last week, you do the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, and uh, you'll you'll get your you. I'm not going to guarantee anyone success. Um, yeah, I think the most important thing for me is um, taking on you know coaching and and, and advising and guiding um, runners through the training. It's 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 all down to you. It's all down to yourself getting getting the training done and. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just giving you some advice, and um, hopefully it'll it'll help you out, and, and you'll you'll put in the work. So uh, there you go. That's very good. Anyway, that's, uh, very exciting opportunity for five lucky listeners. Grant. Absolutely, Tom. Right, so I think that rounds up the show again. Again, this yeah. is. Uh, I think we we started at half past seven. It's now half past ten. Oh, please go. Please go and let this have recorded this time. If this hasn't recorded, um, yeah. There's going to be no oh, show. There's going to be no show. There's going to be, well, no one will be listening to this for a start. And I think, that's, uh, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, listeners, as always, if you'd like to get in touch with us, email tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com, Facebook at tartanshorts, at tartanrunningshorts, sorry, and Twitter is at tartanshorts. So, uh, running rants, get them in. Let us know what races you're doing. Just let us know what you think about the show, feedback. Please get in touch. Have a great week. Have a great week of running. Good luck if you're racing and we'll speak to you next week. Bye.